0: friends, and welcome to the Reclamation Podcast. I'm your host, Megan Colleen Johnson, and I'm here to guide us in raw conversations about thriving in life and work, so that together we can step into personal agency and stop letting life happen to us. We'll cover topics like health, boundaries, communication, finances, and worthiness. That badass business you've been dreaming of? It's not so far off. The desire to wake up feeling fully alive it's right around the corner. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the podcast today. I am really excited about today's conversation um, and just kind of seeing where it takes us and Today, I'm recording from my office. I have some um, hot cacao in front of me. I I have it with the the mushroom blend from Four Sigmatic, and I'm just really loving it today. It's a rainy day outside, and so I'm I'm kind of cozy in my office tonight. And on the call with me today, I have Sammy Fleming. So Sammy is a coach for women who are ready to connect with their true feminine power and up-level their lives with ease and calm. She supports her clients to cultivate deep inner confidence like never before and live deliciously attuned to their natural rhythms, stepping into a life of flow. She is known for her intuitive yet grounded coaching style, guiding her clients back to who they truly are and supporting them as they rise exponentially. Sammy weaves her passion for feminine cycles into her work, allowing her clients to embrace their full power of feminine energy. Sammy loves creating safe and sacred spaces through her one-on-one online coaching, her group coaching program, The Collective, as well as holding women's circles around the world and teaching her signature sacred space facilitation program, Holding Space. So Sammy, I am so excited to have you on today.
1: My gosh, thank you. I'm so happy to be here with you.
0: I would love if you could just kind of share where you're recording from, what you have in front of you, kind of set the stage of where you're coming from.
1: Oh, yes. Um, I am in Melbourne, Australia. It is Friday morning here and it is a gorgeous sunny morning. I've just come back in from a walk. I have a peppermint tea, but I really wish I had the cacao that you've got. (laughs) Um, I have uh, a candle lit and some, I'm surrounded by plants and I have Mm. um, my obligatory box of tissues in front of me because I feel like so often I get moved to Mm. literal tears through my work and through conversations like this. So always prepared.
0: Awesome. Yeah. I love that so much. And I'm really just I have really appreciated your energy from afar. So I feel like it's really fun to actually chat with you one-on-one and get to hear more about your work.
1: Oh yeah, I feel that too. And it just feels really, really good to connect in this way and have this conversation that we can share. Amazing. Mm
0: -hmm. I love it. Awesome. So I am curious, what is your story? How did you start in this work and just kind of what did you have to reclaim to step into the life and the work that you're doing right now?
1: I love that question. Okay. So um, I can trace it all the way back to being a child who just wanted to read and was reading self development books as soon as I knew that was even a thing. Mm. Who was kind of visiting the, like the, I guess what we would call like the new age stores in my small hometown in New Zealand as early as I could, like being 13 years old and going there after school and just looking around and reading affirmations and quotes and just being kind of enamoured by this world Um, while at the same time feeling deeply sensitive, being a a highly intuitive, uh, deeply sensitive child and human, which isn't always easy, Mm. um, which was kind of challenging, you know, being able to... Being in a room and kind of picking up on how everyone was feeling, but not having any understanding of energetic hygiene and, you know, taking care of my own energy, of course, that was so little. And then as my life progressed, I just really noticed that the thing I loved more than anything was talking to people about how they felt. And that lit me up in every single way. Um, mm-hmm. But I didn't know quite how to turn that into a job I I suppose and so I left school and went to university um, and actually studied communications originally at the beginning um, I intended to be a TV presenter that was my dream Hmm. three weeks in that degree realized that was not the thing but stayed for the few years of that degree and just kind of meandered through all sorts of different possibilities um, teaching psychology uh creative industries and um got to the end still pretty confused and you know zero clarity around what was next but I really felt this pull of how can I talk to people about how they're feeling all the time um Mm. but while being a deeply sensitive human that I mean the, the obvious kind of option for me was to become a therapist but at that point in my life I believed that I was too sensitive. I wouldn't be able to hold the depth of that work, and now that's definitely changed. And I feel like that's you know, it would be no problem. But then it really was, and so I just then went on a I don't know how many years, like a seven year, six year uh, experiment of what does career and joy look like for me? And I mean, I would be here all day if I told you all of the jobs that I did throughout that period, but. <laughs> Um, <laughs> just kind of like trying things out, and and like for example, I was I, I made like, potions and lotions for a little while, and as I was selling those, I would just feel like, oh, I just want to talk to you about how you feel about this thing. I don't even really care about giving you this thing. And mm-hmm. so, bit by bit by bit, it was like little pieces of the puzzle were falling into place until I discovered, I believe, six or so years ago now, life coaching, which honestly I had never really heard of um before that and it felt like it felt like you know when everything becomes super clear and you realize oh that's the thing I've been searching for that's the thing I knew I wanted to do Mm. I just didn't know it had a name yeah um yeah and so actually it was probably long it was probably six uh, seven or eight years ago and I searched for a few years just trying to figure out which kind of school I wanted to train at I really wanted to be a trained um practitioner and so I I explored all sorts of options until I landed on the one that felt really right and good for me, which you and I have both studied within. Mm-hmm. Um, and from there, it was a process of of doing the study, absolutely, but also shifting the idea that my sensitivity was a weakness and, in mm-hmm. fact, I believe is now a superpower. Um, it was also a a necessary reclaiming of my feminine essence, everything that I believe that supports me in my work now that I had been, I suppose, conditioned in many different ways to believe was not a strength, but in fact, a weakness.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, for example, intuition, heart, work, um, you know, feeling-based decisions, that kind of mm-hmm. thing. Um, yeah. And, and I guess also uh, a remembering that, the thing that came most naturally to me, like I was allowed to do that for my work. I was allowed to do thing that felt so innate and so natural, and and that that gift was actually. I felt like it was. It became rather than it seems ridiculous to do that as your job. It became you have a responsibility to, to show up with these gifts and turn them into your work. So yeah. I suppose that's a it's a little glimpse into the my story and, and what I had to reclaim in order to actually do the work.
0: Mm. Wow. Yeah, that is so beautiful. Um, and I love just kind of hearing what that journey looked like. I, I specifically really resonate kind of towards the end of that, when you talk about just reclaiming your intuition and, and those gifts that are innately within you. And I think a lot of us as women specifically, we resonate with that because there are a lot of like cultural conditioning, like what you mentioned around that that in order to thrive in our own skin really we have to reclaim those things and that is just such a beautiful story and I I really appreciate you sharing that because that's I feel like it's very inspiring as well so I love that.
1: Thank you yeah and it's still a process right like I, I, I would yeah. absolutely say still in the reclaiming process for sure.
0: Yeah yeah whenever I talk about reclamation within my ever-evolving brand messaging, I always like to think of it as a reclamation journey. Like it never really stops. It's part of our evolution as humans, I feel like. We're always growing and always having the opportunity to grow, which I think is also a really beautiful part of being human.
1: For sure. The, The evolution that we are all part of.
0: Yeah, I love that. So, A big part of what we're going to talk about today is reclaiming feminine power and rising with ease. And I feel like your story already shares a little bit into reclaiming feminine power and rising with ease within your own story. But I know that now that's a huge part of your work is guiding women to reclaim their feminine power and to rise up in their gifts. And in talking about feminine power, I'm curious if you could share, what does feminine power mean to you? And when you when you talk about it, I know even for me, as I'm still very early on in this work, it's still, I feel like I'm still in the early stages of reclaiming femininity. And so I'm really curious, like, what does feminine power mean to you?
1: Right. I think sometimes people hear those two words together and assume there's a juxtaposition you know like mm-hmm. how can they we, we have really been taught that they are like that they coexist and they support each other yeah um and so to me feminine power firstly I suppose is a real celebration of our feminine nature and I guess I just want to note here that by feminine nature I don't mean female nature I mean the feminine energy and I'll mm-hmm. speak to what that mean um like a word that you could swap in for this is the the yin nature the um yeah the feminine nature and so our feminine nature encompasses things like our uh emotional intelligence and well-being our Mm. N- uh, nurturing nature our ability to receive our intuition our um the state of being rather than doing mm. and then on the flip side just to like clarify this the flip side of I guess what we would call the the masculine nature is the doing the achieving the um at times even forcing the productivity you know that side of things yeah. the um the logic over the emotion and so Uh, most of us have been conditioned whether it's through family society both you know so much more that the masculine is of more importance of higher importance Mm -hmm. so it's more important that you understand the facts of something than that you feel the truth of something you know it's more important to do than it is to be it's more Mm -hmm. important to give than it is to receive and Uh, So I think an exploration of our feminine nature and then secondly, a celebration of that changes the game. Like it changes everything. When we recognise how powerful our intuition actually is, how powerful our emotions are, how powerful our ability to receive and be and rest and restore and and allow actually is,
0: Mm. I
1: think we recognise that all of this has been within us all along, often suppressed or repressed. I know that is absolutely the case for me. Um, But also that we can be the most powerful versions of ourselves when we integrate and celebrate those energies. So I think sometimes when I meet people, when we have an initial conversation about feminine energy, they're like, oh, cool. So it's like, you know, you're just chilling way more. (laughs) And (laughs) I actually, maybe, but like for me, it's more how can we, yeah, uh, amalgamate and integrate these energies into what we already know mm. and allow ourselves to become the most the most powerful versions of ourselves because the woman that I tend to work with are high achieving high performing very ambitious woman so it's not ever a case of well we just lay down relax and do nothing it's mm. that we respect honor and celebrate our feminine energy and recognize how much that actually supports us and uh, high achieving way um, to live life in the in you know with your big visions and big dreams and big ambitions without the pressure the hustle the force but actually with joy and pleasure and yeah it's feeling more delicious than ever um, mm. I think we haven't been taught to prioritize pleasure we haven't been taught to prioritize play and joy and so returning it's such a childlike way, right? We're so good at that when we're kids. So returning yeah. to those those energies as well supports us in the most amazing way to have, I guess what we would say, have it all, right? I don't mm. believe that anything could be true. So like we get to have the the high achieving, the high level output, the productivity, but it gets to feel. More attuned, more tuned in, more we get to feel more turned on by it. It feels like our truth rather than just a head game.
0: Yeah. Wow. There was so much in there. That was just so beautiful. I want to like go back just a little bit because you mentioned we're kind of trained that giving is more important than receiving. You know, it's better to give than receive. First of all, I've never heard feminine energy put with those words before. Like I've heard of it, you know, kind of with more of the flow and some of the other conditioned pieces with it, but I hadn't had that specific statement ever mentioned before. And I just love that. I feel like I'm going to be thinking on that one a little bit, just because of the nature. Like I, I am trained to give, to pour out consistently. And I'm taught as a woman, especially that I need to pour out all the time. I need to be giving all the time. and then. To pause and to receive is very difficult, and I don't know. That's just a really beautiful like reframe of of that statement itself, and I, I love that. Do you have any other words kind of around that? I just wanted to pull that one back out because that specifically for me was like, oh wow,
1: right? Yes, absolutely. So we we are taught to give and give and give and give and give, and then we look around at women around the world, and we are collectively so often exhausted because mm. there is a giving a giving a giving and it's like i love to think of it like the breath like if we're just always exhaling if we're always giving and we never allow ourselves time for the inhale like that is not sustainable right we can't just be exhaling inhaling um we've been taught and conditioned i believe that receiving is somewhat selfish that giving is the selfless like the way we should be showing up Mm. um and in order to properly give, I believe, in order to give in your fullest expression and in the most potent and powerful way, we have to be full. Like we have to have a full inhale, right? We have to have a full lungs to be able to fully exhale. Mm-hmm. And so actually allowing ourselves the, the inhale, to use the analogy, is so necessary. And I think it's actually an art, to be able to receive because most of us haven't been taught that. So um, I love to begin the the exploration of what it is to receive by doing simple things like, you know, if you're out in the sun, for example, and we can just be like in the do-do-do mode and instead you can just take a moment and receive the sunshine on your skin. Like it can Mm. be as simple as that to begin. Um, Let yourself kind of crack open into receiving mode in teeny tiny little ways throughout your life and just see how – how does it actually feel? Like how does it feel to not have to give anything in this moment but simply just to receive? And I I think it's such a necessary part of feminine power because then we get to, to give from an overflow rather than give from an exhausted place, an overgiving, mm. you know, which is yeah. just so normal. I heard um, Alicia Keys recently, who's just a, a guru of my <laughs> She was, she was asked about her boundaries, essentially, which, you know, is like, I guess, a piece of this. And and she said every time she's asked to do something now, the first thing she asks herself is, what's in it for me? And I I noticed mm. my body, like, tighten up, like, oh, we can't ask that, right? Like, we're not taught that we can ask what's in it for me first yeah. before what is everybody else. And she spoke to the truth that for her, if there's nothing in it for her, she is just like there's that continual exhaustion, that there's that continual I am empty because I'm giving, 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 giving. But mm. when I tune into how does this support me first, she can give more than ever. So I believe that receiving has a twofold effect. It allows us to feel more full and restored and and I guess wonderful than ever. But secondly, it allows us to give more than ever. It's the most selfless thing we can do to become queens at receiving.
0: Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. That's so good. I love that. And, and yeah, that, that statement is definitely it's the initial reaction is almost like a recoil, like, wait, (laughs) Uh, I don't think I can ask that question. That seems very like self-centered, but it's the yin and the yang. Like you need both parts in order to, Mm -hmm. and that's kind of what the whole feminine energy and embracing that is, is it's allowing this feminine energy and it's allowing the, the inhale so that we can exhale and the both and, oh, and that's so, so good. I love that. Love it. The both
1: and, absolutely. Mm,
0: yeah. yeah. Um, something else that you, when you were sharing earlier, and this is just some of what I've been learning recently, or I guess it's kind of been an ongoing process over the past few years is um, you were talking a lot about flow essentially, and just living from a place where we can allow almost an ease to things where we don't have to be doing all the time, but we can embrace our ambition while also having kind of the rest and the downtime. And I know for me, something recently I like over the past few years has been this acceptance of my unique flow with my day where mm. I don't always love getting up super early And then my peaks of like high ambitious times during the day are pretty unique, but I've been trying to accept and allow how my body works with that throughout the day and how my body like works in its seasons. And it's really, really interesting. And it takes a lot of acceptance and giving myself permission. And I feel like that's such a huge part of this is just really giving yourself permission to even just notice when your Mm -hmm. body is in flow. Um, which is really interesting because that's not really what we're trained to do. It's not what we're conditioned to do. It's we're conditioned to follow the routines of like a corporate job or follow the routines of you know what is normal to get up at a certain time and then and work at a certain time and work late for a certain time and all of those different pieces. So I just wanted to throw that out there as well.
1: <laughs> oh yes. Oh, I feel you so much on that. I feel you so much on that. And I can totally relate to what you're saying because I I would say I don't have like the Instagrammable productivity kind of day schedule like we see other people have out in the Mm. world. Like I'm not part of the 5am club at all. (laughs) And I honestly don't think I ever will be. But there's kind of this underlying pressure, right, to, I guess, flow and, you know, in air quotes. Um, in the way that everyone flows but this is the mm. brilliant thing about our uniqueness so a few things on that and I just love to kind of bring into the conversation the fact that just like you said our the world essentially is set up for the corporate schedule mm-hmm. but it's also set up for the schedule of a male body so it doesn't take into consideration a woman's cycle it doesn't mm. take into like the moon you know all of this like outer seasons things that we're actually experiencing and women or or people that identify as tend to kind of have a more cyclic way of living so that is I guess another conversation but I think an important kind of piece to note here is that we shift and change so much so even the idea that we get into flow throughout our day can just change week to Mm. week to week day to day to day yeah um I love the conversation of ease because like i have a I have a personal i guess distinction in that I am not interested in growth for the sake of growth. I'm interested in growth if it feels better mm. and I think in our masculine energy dominated world, we're taught like growth for the sake of growth like you must be growing in order to be worthy you must your business Mm. your work your vision your whatever has to be growing even if it feels worse even if you're more stressed Because everyone's still going to celebrate you right like they see the growth and that to me is not something I'm willing to do and I don't believe that it's necessary so by by ease I suppose The place in which i love to to play is that we can move away from the hustle but like you say still continue to to rise into the -hmm. greater vision uh, the ambition but we don't have to do it at the sacrifice of our emotional well-being our mental health our um, spiritual nourishment but it can be in addition to so I totally, yeah, like I say, resonate with what you shared and I, and I feel like my, my thoughts are similar in that I believe so much in taking care of our own selves first and allowing that to be the starting point of flow. So, like, what does it look like for you to feel really amazing and then work from that place? What does it feel mm. like for you to get to the state that you want to be in and then create from that place as opposed to, you know, we kind of taught that we work hard and then we get the treat afterwards right it's like Mm, the dessert after the dinner rather than let yourself create the state that you want to work from and then work from that place that has again a twofold effect and one everything's way more joyful and way more enjoyable and way more pleasure filled but also we become more productive more efficient more um on purpose because we're already lit up we're not Mm. Of our laptops, like furrowed brow, everything's very serious and intense. And now we need to start working because that's the only way that we are worthy. Rather, we do everything that we need to do to take care of our being in all ways—emotional, physical, mental, spiritual, physical—and then we create from there. Honestly, I feel like every time I, I um, have conversations and or, or see a woman step into that, I'm like, haven't we hacked the system? Like. You, you get your work done <laughs> in half the amount of time because you've taken care of yourself. But oh, you've also yeah. got to rid the whole time as well. Like it's a win-win. It yes. makes so much sense to me. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I feel that I even just last year I was in a I was in a, a job for a short period of time where I had to follow the corporate schedule and it was so interesting to me because I felt like I had to make my work take longer because I was there for a certain period of time. And that was just how it is. Like that's, you work for this many hours. And even if my work was done early, like, you know, you just stay. And so it was like this really strange feeling, especially because I have worked for myself for a long time. And then mm-hmm. it was like, wait, this is this is weird. Like I don't, this doesn't make any sense. And then like coming back to to my own schedule again, it's like, oh, I can let my work be easy and I can let it flow. And it, it's such a shift in mindset and it, it takes a lot of retraining your brain to be okay with that too, after you've worked in it like a normal setting for a while. But I, I love that. And I also love what you said about, it wasn't growth for the sake of ease, but just like, I don't, I don't remember how, what did you say about that again? Um, I think it was
1: like moving away from growth for the sake of growth and, and yeah. only growing was better, like more if it feels better, but otherwise why more?
0: Yes. Yeah. It was, um, like growth for the sake of worth. Um, like you're Mm. already worthy in the traditional, like work and masculine sense, um, strictly masculine, you know, we feel like we have to grow in order to be worthy, but when we kind of shift things on their head, there's an opportunity to allow life to be pleasurable and, and ease filled and like integrate growth as it feels good. That was kind of what you were saying, right?
1: Yes. Yes. Thank you for putting it like that. I want to write that down. Yeah. So good.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I love it. So, so good. Um, So to kind of move into like the feminine power again, um, I would love if you could share just how have you seen feminine power positively impact your clients just as they've stepped into their feminine power and reclaimed their feminine power?
1: The first thing that comes to mind for me is watching as my clients who do have businesses, not everybody does, but my clients that do have businesses start to run them in a way where they're working less, having more fun, feeling more pleasure, making more money. It's like best of all worlds. And I think, you know, like I would have used to have said, surely that's too good to be true. Like surely it can't be that good, right? But what I've noticed is that that celebration, that honouring, that real um, lifting up of the innate feminine way is just supporting them in the most amazing ways, including business. And so, I'm thinking about you know clients who are having high level kind of um, uh, meetings or uh, negotiations with like big business or whatever it might be and are showing up in their feminine way, speaking from intuition, talking from the heart, like letting Mm. their feelings be a part of the um, like even the contracts, like allowing their, their intuition to really tell them what's a yes and what's a no Mm. and just like having massive, massive, massive wins. So that's been so cool to see that it doesn't just support us in, in the resting the being, but actually in those kind of like highly ambitious moments as well, I think secondly, I love how simply by uh, having you know a conversation like this, there can be a remembering about how worthy and how beautiful we already are, just because we are, mm. not because we're achieving anything extra, not because we're proving it in any way, but just because we are. It's like an innate worthiness. And life changes so much when we operate from the place of I am already worthy, what yeah. now? Not, yeah. I am striving to be worthy, help me. <laughs> mm. And there's, like a, there's a wholeness, right? To that, there's a wholeness to what can I create when I already know I'm worthy no matter what? That feels super exciting to me. Um, Yeah. Yeah, and thirdly, actually, there's probably four things, but thirdly, there's a a real visceral releasing of shame of the things Mm -hmm. that we have been carrying around of, like, this is a weakness for me, my deep sensitivity, the way that I feel, the way that I love so hard, the way that I, like, whatever it might be that has been shamed, even kind of taboo at times, like our cyclic nature, for example, like there's something that is not yet fully celebrated around the world. There's a shift in that for sure, but it's still not, you know, like a really normalised, powerful element of life. Um, And so when we release the shame of all of the things we thought weren't our superpowers, and it's almost like a remembering that they actually are, remembering and embracing that they are, it's like in an instant, we get to live from our true nature and shop from, again from that place and, and everything changes there. And I think a consequence of that is a deep level confidence that comes from just knowing that oh, I already have everything within me. There is nothing about who I naturally am that I need to suppress anymore. The things that I was suppressing that are so powerful in me are now allowed to be celebrated and
0: mm. that...
1: The confidence that comes from that is so amazing,
0: yeah, yeah,, Ugh, I love that that's so beautiful, and so I feel like it's just like such a deep rooted thing too. It just feels so good, even hearing about the reclamation of others and it's it's so refreshing i we hear so many. <sighs> stories especially right now of things in the world that are going on I feel like and to hear and to remember that all of these other beautiful good things are happening where women are able to step into their power and to to rise up and tap into these parts of them because I think that it's it's interesting to hear that as well because I feel like that is such a big part of leadership
1: mm-hmm.
0: and I I really resonated when you talked specifically about A woman entering into like a business meeting and she can allow all parts of her a place at the table. She can feel into decisions and if it's a yes or a no. And I feel like that's when you can really see the feminine and masculine power come together into decision making specifically, like allowing feelings a place at the table, allowing the analytics a place at the table, allowing your gut instinct a place at the table it creates such powerful leadership and seeing women kind of rise up into those positions is such a beautiful thing. And it's, it's kind of incomparable. It's really incredible. (laughs) So I loved hearing that. And the worth piece is so huge as well. When we can really feel whole in ourselves, Mm -hmm. that confidence is just like another whole piece of the picture, which is so beautiful. Mm, I love it. That's so good.
1: I feel that and and I think also just like another little extra piece on yeah. that bringing the feminine energy into all situations is what I've been kind of watching noticing and supporting is women not having to change their narrative or their like even their actual language when mm. they show up in those kind of environments not having to kind of get super hard or super logic focused but actually just allowing in those spaces for them to speak out or write out an email in a way that um, is actually their internal dialogue but expressed outwardly in these kind of big boss meetings yeah um you know rather than like coding a message or an email or a a meeting
0: that takes hours because you're trying to finesse it
1: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah, and, and we kind of change our, I know I have in the past really changed my language and like wanted to seem more quote unquote professional, um, but actually recognizing that there is no more or less professional just because it's in a masculine language. Mm, it
0: a, a, yeah.
1: It's been a cool realization.
0: Oh, that's really good. Yeah. It's, it's so interesting because there's so many different facets to it. Mm-hmm. And I know for me, I feel like just you saying that, it's like, it's kind of like a, a calling out as well, because I feel mm-hmm. like I still think so much. I, I'm very much like a, I feel like I have a, um, I'm like right brained, but I'm also creative. So sometimes I'm really messy. And then sometimes I'm very like type A and mm-hmm. sometimes my type A side really like takes control. And that's that masculine side. And some of that's the conditioning and some of it's like just innately within me, but Sometimes I let that take over, and then the flow of things can't can't happen, so that's really, really beautiful, just to think about allowing your speech to just be what it is and not feeling like that like defines your worth as well. Oh, that's really good, oh gosh, <laughs> I, guess,
1: I guess to quote you, like allowing all of you to have a seat at the table, you know, in all situations and of course there are going to be times where yeah we are more left brain or right brain and that's cool like that's that is the part of bringing all of us to the table but yeah not kind of acting from conditioning but just letting Mm. all of you be heard
0: yeah Mm. that's good I'm gonna have to sit with that one for a while (laughs) (laughs) oh I love it so we've kind of talked about some different ways that people can implement Ease and you mentioned like the sun and kind of soaking that in for for some different um, suggestions and tips for this. But I'm curious, what are like some ways that people can that women can implement and tap into their feminine power and kind of rise up in their own lives with ease? And this is probably going to take a little a little bit of a relevant for now, um, I guess shift mm. because I'm curious as well. We're rising up in a unique time in history where this virus has taken a lot of emotion, like a lot of emotional energy and everyone's approaching it kind of from different places financially um, with different job situations and business situations. Um, so I'm curious how you would suggest tapping into our feminine power during this time and kind of rising up in our lives with ease amidst our kind of chaotic and very different situations yeah so I'm just gonna throw that your way (laughs) yeah yeah um
1: I guess I would preface this by saying of course we've never been here before so no one has the answers yeah um the the things that come to mind for me are firstly really recognizing the conditioning or the mindset around our feminine energy so if right now you're feeling called to love harder and allow yourself to just be and receive and rest. Like I think we're going through a bit of a global healing in some ways. I Mm. really recognize there's very real pain and challenge. And at the same time, I think we're going through a healing and that people are being forced to slow down. They're being forced to be with their feelings. They're being forced to like be in community and take care of each other and nurture and love. And so uh, an invitation, I suppose, to recognize if you are feeling like these things are less important than the masculine traits which live within us too. That would be the 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 first thing. Simply an, an inner exploration, a recognition. What are your mm-hmm. thoughts around this? No need to necessarily change it right now because that's up to you, but just an understanding of your own inner world. Secondly, I would say, you are always your own greatest teacher. And mm-hmm. so following your intuition here above, there is so much noise, right? Like there is a lot of noise out there. Oh, yeah. And people <laughs> telling you the right way to do everything and like, you know, the right way to work from home, the right way to um, like show up for your political beliefs right now, the right way to like live in so many different ways. And I I guess a tip here from my perspective, is to follow your intuition above everything because you always know what is best for you. Mm. I always say in conversations with clients or if I'm teaching, like, override what I say with what you believe to be true because what I say is, you know, it comes from, from me and my love for you, but you will always be your own greatest teacher and your intuition is more powerful than anything I can ever say to you um so I think really tapping into your own voice here in these times where there are a lot of noise noises and a lot of voices and a lot of opinions pulling you all sorts of ways I think is, is really necessary it's almost like a slowing down tuning in and asking what is true right and real for me right now
0: mm.
1: and the third thing would be really leaning in to feminine power and I think of um so I come from New Zealand and uh, that is my home country and the prime minister of New Zealand her name's Jacinda Ardern I don't know if you know her but she is just one of the most beautiful leaders I've ever seen and she really lives out compassion she lives out love and and equality and um like I've listened to podcasts of hers where she said you know people have told me that I can't be powerful because I'm not aggressive but I believe that compassion is the most powerful element of all mm. and so it's totally not what we used to right in terms yeah. of like that level of leadership it's it you know she'll she'll do Facebook lives from her couch after putting her baby to bed and just talk about mm. you know how she can support everyone and it's very like it's yeah it's super different to, to typically what we see in terms of that style of leadership but it's been beautiful to watch and to watch how people have responded to her and felt soothed and calmed, but also very safe and held because mm. of the level of compassion that she's leading with. And so if you're listening to this and you are a leader, which I imagine so many of you will be, allowing yourself to play with the, the potency, the power of intuition of compassion of taking care of others of nurturing of allowing yourself to receive of letting yourself be human Mm -hmm. um and yeah i just think we're in a new time where a, a new level of leader is really rising up and that's so beautiful to see and very important but remembering that feminine power is is extremely powerful um and allowing yourself to really be in that, like be in those energies and lead and show up and um, live from that place.
0: Yeah, mm, that's so good. And that's such a beautiful example. i I don't um, I'm not super familiar with New Zealand, um, but I love that example of leadership. And especially when you use the word compassion, I feel like that is not a word that we always associate traditionally with leadership. Mm, that's so beautiful. I love that.
1: I'm obsessed with her and the way that she shows up and loves people. And she speaks about empathy being a really important part of leading Mm. a country. It's just so refreshing in our world.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Wow. That's incredible. I'm going to have to go find her and see, see her on her, her lives for sure.
1: (laughs) Yes. Yeah.
0: That's so fun. That's also so fun that she allows herself to be so approachable through like a Facebook live. That's really beautiful.
1: Mm Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's lovely.
0: As we're kind of coming to to wrap up questions, before I actually start asking some of the wrap up questions, is there anything else you feel like you want to speak out or chat through, uh, whether you're just feeling like it, it needs to be spoken out or that maybe perhaps we started talking about and then you want to like tie tie it up in any way? I just want to kind of throw that out there before I ask wrap up questions.
1: Mm. the only thing that comes to mind is that we are all such unique beings and so there's no right or wrong way right Mm. like speaking about feminine power and and the the potency of our feminine energy doesn't mean that that is the way we should live hundred percent of the time in order to be our most powerful selves instead this i would love this to be an invitation to explore how this part of you however much of you this is is powerful too. I think sometimes this conversation can lead us to forget the power of the masculine energy too. Mm. Like it's all of us in, in full integration, um, allowing as as you say, all of us a seat at the table is. Um, I think the key here, and so we're all going to have unique blends of the masculine, the feminine, and. Um, That changes through different phases of our lives, but also through like as we cycle through our own cycles in all sorts of ways, as we kind of ebb and flow with all sorts of different variables in our life. And so essentially, no pressure, (laughs) you know, to like suddenly become super, 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 super in your feminine energy, if that actually isn't the most natural thing for you. Like the most important thing is that you are you, Hmm. being more ever before is the key and if that means an embracing and a celebration of your feminine energy awesome
0: go with that if it doesn't that's cool too yeah oh I love that so good so so good so I'm curious what is one way that you slow down amidst our busy world well interestingly
1: as someone who has an online business almost solely online um I would say the thing for me is being offline <laughs> it's being away from the noise because even in our times of slowing down like you know what was a lazy sunday 10 years ago is so often a lazy sunday with 40,000 pieces of information stimulation and uh like messages right mm. and so our mind actually never gets the chance to fully have space anymore often and so um yeah it's it's a real it's a real offline thing for me. It's like being in my real life and remembering how much space there is in the day-to-day when I let myself not be attached to a constant stream of inspiration slash information slash stimulation. It's almost an immediate reset, you know, like a a sweet relief of, oh, there's space here. There's actually so much space available Mm -hmm. to me when I tune out from all the noise for a while.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Mm, that's really good. I know you mentioned you had just been on a walk and I feel like that comes to mind for me. Just when I can set my phone down and just go for a walk without it, it's it's such a beautiful space and it is, sometimes it, we become really attached to, to the information. And so when we can set it down, it is like a really beautiful reminder of, oh, wow, there's like a normal Life that's right here in front of me, and um, yes. <laughs> like people, real people, like right here, <laughs> actual humans. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Um, and then who are a couple of your current role models? Um, or just kind of like people that you look up to, mindset expanders, things of that sort.
1: Hmm. Three people come to mind for me. The first is who I actually believe coined the term. Ex- I believe I might be wrong about that um Lacey Phillips yeah yep. who is yeah an amazing teacher on all things manifestation I love her really grounded way of teaching Glennon Doyle is someone I am really into and inspired by right now I think mm. in terms of the reclamation she feels like such a leader in that space and thirdly a uh, mentor of my own Haley Carr who I just love and adore and um has this this way of of being extremely powerful without ever having to shout it out Mm. (laughs) you know yeah um like a a quiet power and I love that Mm. so those are the few humans that come to mind
0: for me that's awesome and then how can we find and support you online
1: Ah, great question. Uh, so I spend most of my social media time over on Instagram. My Instagram handle is it's a long one. It's um, Sammy, S-A-M-M-I-E. My middle name Sonia, S O N J A Fleming, F-L-E-M-I-N-G. Sammy, Sonia Fleming, um, over on Instagram. And then sammyfleming.com is my website. Um, so those are the two spaces which I love to spend my time.
0: Awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining me today. This is so beautiful. Um, And I feel like there were just little pieces throughout this whole thing that I'm going to have to go back and listen to and just ponder and think about, which I think is always so beautiful when I can have a conversation and be like, oh, I need to go back and like soak some of this in. Um, So thank you so much for joining me. And yeah, is there anything else you feel like you want to speak at before we wrap up this call?
1: Oh, that feels really complete for me, actually. Thank you so much for having me. It's been such a pleasure to have this conversation with you and I can't wait to hear what people are taking away from it.
0: Awesome. Thank you so, so much. Thank you so much for joining me on this episode of the Reclamation Podcast. I hope it served you on your own reclamation journey and know that I'm rooting for you all the way. If you want to learn more about the show guests, Head to the website, thereclamationpodcast.com. And if you found value in the show, five stars is always appreciated. Good things are coming for you. Bye for now.